Good morning, everyone. <laughs> Has everyone received your hug yet? <laughs> Why don't we stand together this morning and begin our worship service singing, Come into His Presence with Thanksgiving in Your Heart. Good morning. Good morning. It's a good way to start. Amen. Welcome everybody this morning. Uh, if we have any guests this morning, be glad to have you fill out the uh, connect cards in the uh, pew in front of you and turn those in so we can uh, follow up and, and let you know we appreciate you being here. Also, we have, uh, for those that uh, Come to Cypress Street all the time. We uh, we do have giving uh, receptacle at the back of the sanctuary. I'm glad to put uh, offering there, or you can go online to uh, Cypress Street Church slash give. A reminder today for those that are involved on the missions committee. They have a meeting this afternoon, and. Um, also this week, we'll have a Wednesday night Bible study with Pastor Dan, and the youth will be meeting, and the children. Next Sunday, we'll have worship service with uh, Pastor Dan Masters. And on the uh, 22nd, uh, don't forget the rummage sale. Um, they're still collecting stuff, whatever. Treasures, second treasures, uh, if you'd like to recycle those, uh, or bags or boxes, uh, whatever they need to help uh, parcel up uh, the, the, uh, the items that people want to pick up. And a reminder, uh, for July 18th to the 22nd will be camp meeting this year. It'll be Tuesday through Saturday that week. Uh, so don't forget uh, about camp meeting because our own uh, Sister Lynn Math Masters will be uh, leading the missions uh, conference on Thursday that week. So uh, if you can get there for that, that would be a, a little support for her and, and uh, we look forward to, uh, to good things at camp meeting this year. We'll have a quick reading this morning. And then we'll uh, get back into our singing prayer. This is from Revelation chapter 4. Day and night they never stop saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is, and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, 
the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and they worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy our Lord and God to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they were created and have their being. And along with that, in chapter 22, verse 17, the spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty, come. And let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. He who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all God's people. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning that uh, you are who you said you are. You are the I am. And that you're always with us. And you're always leading and guiding. And we pray that you will continue to have the power and the glory and the majesty that you deserve. We pray that we will listen and draw close to you and that you will speak to our hearts today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Won't you stand with us again this morning as we sing this beautiful hymn, Down at the Cross. <clears throat>
children you may go to your classes now Thank you. 
saturate us, this place. And that we would see you in our midst. That we would see you in our brothers and sisters in Christ this morning. And that, Lord, we would receive that empowerment, that authority from you to go into our worlds in which we live and to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Lord, as a people, we pray and we lift up our needs this morning that have been mentioned. There are some that have not been mentioned, but Lord, you know each need that is upon our heart, each burden that we carry. Lord, we know that you understand. And perhaps nobody understands quite like you. But Lord, we simply take them to you and we lay them at your feet. For it was our needs and our burdens and our sins that you died on an old wooden cross for us. That we can have eternal life. And that we can have a life of freedom to live as you have called us to live. Lord, I pray for these that are gathered here this morning, Father, that their burdens would be lifted to Calvary this morning. And that your Holy Spirit, again, would descend upon us. And give us your peace. And give us your joy. And most of all, extend your love to us. And you did that in that while we were yet sinners, you died for us. Bless our time of meeting this morning. Thank you for good worship. Thank you for the songs and the testimony that we sing in the house of the Lord this morning. But most of all, Father, we want to hear from you. We want to visit with you, Lord, this morning in this hour. And we want to hear, Lord, take out our stoppers. The stoppers of our ears, but most of all, the stoppers out of our hearts. That we may hear as you speak to us this morning. And Lord, teach us the prayer that you taught your disciples. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us of our debts as we forget our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. God's people said, Amen. Won't you stand with us as we sing our last, last song before our message this morning? God will make a way. participation. You may be seated. Aren't you glad that God makes ways for us? Amen. When there seems to be a lot of roadblocks in our life, a lot of things get in our way of even serving the Lord. 
But I want you to know when God's called us, he always makes a way. It may not be the way that we choose, but it's the way that God chooses when we give our lives to him. This morning, I am going to uh, share a few thoughts on I can't, I won't, so I just quit. You ever felt like that? I said, have you ever felt like that, to be honest, this morning? Yeah, we have. You know, there's uh, some old sayings that we like as, especially Christians, because we're such people of great attitudes, aren't we? Uh, and we have these little sayings and we repeat them often and sometimes we don't practice them too much. But how about the one smile and the whole world smiles with you, frown and you frown alone. Ever heard that one? Yeah, yeah, we probably use it. Here's one. Behind every cloud is a silver lining. Or tough times don't last. Tough people do. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. And then turn your scars into stars. Now here's the one I really like. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Don't somebody say in some days, just make you sick. Now we know that this must not be biblical philosophy, these phrases, because too prevalent in our churches and among Christian people, righteous and sanctified people, we're so busy, we use the words often, I can't and I won't. And as a result, I'll just quit. Nothing will ever come of our visions that God has given us. Let someone more capable do it. I never could speak or I ever could sing. Or just as I expected. Now these are prevalent among people that I, I love and God loves. And sometimes we're capable of saying these things, but I don't know about believing them because when it comes where the rubber meets the road, I just can't do this. I, I won't do this. I, I just quit. Have we taken a good look at our vocabulary lately? Have we sometimes been carrying an attitude of defeat, of doom and gloom? I want you to know there's nothing more discouraging to others and to a pastor, and to your church, brothers and sisters, that when somebody says, we just can't do that, brother, I, I, because you can't do it, I won't. And if you keep on, I'm just going to quit. Well, I want to address that this morning. I want to ask you what happened to our favorite scripture. I can do all things through Christ. It's no longer I that live, but Christ who lives within me. Or whatever you ask in my name, Jesus says, I will do it. I like this one where Jesus told his disciples, I'm going to leave, but I'm going to send you the comforter who will lead you. Or whatsoever a man does in faith, believing. The scripture this morning I've chosen to elaborate on this morning is found in 1 John chapter 2, just two verses. And it says this in verse 20. The apostle John is giving a message to the church and reminding the church of who they are. And he says in verse 20, you have an anointing from the Holy One. I have an anointing from God this morning. 
27 in the same chapter, John goes on, As for you, the anointing which you receive from him abides in you. And you have no need for anyone to teach you, but as his anointing teaches you about all things, and is true, and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you abide in him. There's some scriptures that are written in the New Testament that reminds the church at many times as the apostles, Paul, Timothy, Peter, the writers of the latter part of the uh, New Testament. They reminded us they were, had a message for the church because there were some that was kind of falling off. Kind of leading one way or the other or really wasn't as committed and devoted to what Christ had taught them as should be. And 2 Timothy 3, 5, Paul says, Paul says to Timothy, there are those that are holding to a form of godliness, but they deny its power. And then in 2 Corinthians 1.21, Paul says again to the Corinthian church, Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and anointed us is God, who has sealed us and gave us the Spirit in our hearts as a pledge. When I talk about this anointing this morning, and that's the focal word I want you to think about this morning. God has given us His Spirit within as proof that we belong to Him. That we are separated. That we no longer belong to the world, but we belong to God's kingdom. This unique recognition is anointing from God, our Creator. The word anointing is pretty simple to understand. The word anointing means to grant authority to. Or it means to give permission. Or to empower. So when Paul is saying to the church, you have this anointing, he's saying you have been empowered
that anointing that we're talking about. We're talking about that Jesus said, by this, he was the chosen one. That he was anointed the Son of God. He, that, that, that he was anointed that the power of God was on him. That whatever, whatever circumstances existed in Jesus' life, he was a still anointed. And God dwelt in him. And we like to look at all the great things of Jesus, but I want to remind you of the tragic life that Jesus had. Now listen, Jesus had an anointing, but he had a very tragic life. He had a precarious birth. Born of a virgin. Never happened before, never happened since. A king tried to destroy him before the age of two. As he grew up, we find that his friends turned their backs on him. The religious leaders attempted to kill him many times. He was discredited. His ministry was, they tried to nullify his ministry. All the things that they did to Jesus. And his anointing cost him his life on a cross for our sins. Well, the Bible says that Christ, in spite of all of this, was still anointed. Even on the cross, Jesus, the anointed one. The Bible says that we are in the world. Anointed ones, but we are not of the world. There's a starting difference between the kingdom of this world and the kingdom of God. Folks, we are anointed by God Himself. I want to take you to the Old Testament just for a few moments. And I want you wanted to talk this thing about anointing is just not a New Testament concept, but it was a concept that goes back even into Moses. Moses. And today I want to talk about David's three anointings that he had. You all know David, don't you? He was the little shepherd boy. You remember that he uh, took five stones and he put him in a slingshot. Woo, 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 woo. That's the, little, the song that we sang as kids. Remember that? Anybody remember that? And up in the air, he flung those slings, and the giant came tumbling down. That's the David I want to talk about. First of all, this anointing meant to David. In 1 Samuel 16, verse 13, it says that as Samuel came looking for a king for Israel, he went to the house of Jesse. The house of Jesse had eight sons. Women, can you imagine that? All that, 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 that whatever it is that men have, terrestrial, yeah, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? You imagine that being the household, no girls, and... They even shipped poor David out to be the little shepherd boy. He was the youngest of all of them. And it says that Samuel came looking for a king in the house of Jesse. And when he came and he looked at all the sons of Jesse, and he looked at the first seven, and God just kept telling him, no, 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 it's not the right one. And then he says to Jesse, Samuel says to Jesse, he said, Jesse, don't you, do you have any more sons? Yeah, well, I got my little boy, and he's just a shepherd boy. He's out in the fields, and he's kind of, you know, not too bright because he hasn't had any formal education. And, and finally, Samuel said, bring him here. They bring Samuel, they bring David to, to uh, uh, Samuel. And God tells Samuel, this is the one. This is the one to be the king of Israel. And it says that Samuel took a horn of oil. And he anointed him in the midst of his brothers. He was the youngest of eight children. He was one that had a tender heart. He was one that was able to be molded. But yet he was a shepherd boy. The scripture says when he came, he was ruddy. Now, I don't know what ruddy quite means, but I can imagine a, maybe a beard that hasn't fully grown out and kind of dirty and maybe a little stinky from the sheep. 
But God said he was the one. We think about later, as a result of this anointing, this permission to be the king of God's people. Think of some of the things that David did. Not only was he a great king, but he's the one that wrote a lot of the Psalms that we read. Oh Lord, how majestic is your name. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Thou anointest my head with oil. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David was anointed, but David's kingdom, his whole kingdom was known as a kingdom that was one that was always fighting. Fighting the Philistines. How many times do you see here David in his life? He's, him and the Israelites are always fighting the Philistines. Remember, Goliath was a Philistine too. It was not easy for David to be an anointed one. But I want to remind you that God did not choose, excuse me, that you did not choose me, but I chose you, Jesus says. And I have appointed you, me and you, that you should go and bear forth fruit. This anointing is not to go out the window and to be talked about, but this anointing is to be lived out in practice that God has given us. And that's exactly what David did. The Israelites were anointed people. However, they went to the Jordan River and they responded, we can't, we can't beat the, the Philistines. We can't beat the Amorites, the Moabites over in the promised land. We just can't do it. They forgot that they were the chosen people of God and they had been given authority over this land that God said that he was giving them. David was chosen, he was anointed, and he had a willing heart and willing to obey. That's the first anointing I found in scripture that David received. I want to tell you about the second anointing that David receives found in 2 Samuel chapter 2 verse 4. This was a time where the people finally recognized the calling that David had on his life. Before it was his brothers and his father. This, this anointing, David was now about 30 years old. Saul, the first king of Israel, was dead because of his disobedience. David had proven himself to be a servant through the years. Remember how he played the harp and, and, and song for King Saul and was his armor bearer. His first anointing did not make him qualified to serve as king. And all of his problems were not gone. But David learned through his problems. He says he talks about how he killed the lion and he killed the bear and he killed Goliath and the lessons that he had learned from that. David had experienced rejection even by his own brothers. There was times of suffering and humiliation for David. Yet David was recognized by God because of his anointing that he was the king that was chosen. Now I want you to know that Christians, the world may not recognize you as a king this morning. But the spirit world must. 1 Peter chapter 2.9 says, You are a chosen race a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, a people for God's own possession. You see, you have an anointing to do that. I'm trying to give you a job description of what that anointing is a Christian and being a follower of Christ means today. You see, we've been made rulers, the anointing of Christ. We've made, been made rulers over life itself. When things come our way, when barriers come our way, when circumstances don't fall into place, I want you to know in the spirit you still have that anointing that you have been authorized by God to do the works of God and fulfill his purpose. Well, the third anointing that I see that David experienced was found in 2 Samuel 23, verses 1 and 2, where it simply says this, 
the anointed of the God of Jacob and the sweet psalmist of Israel. This is David speaking now. David's on his deathbed, his last few years of life. David knew he was chosen when he was chosen by Saul to be the anointed. And so he listened. And David recognized his authority as a king. He rose in victory not over his enemies, but the victories over himself. You see, David had a few problems of his own. It's a problem we call adultery. David, a man after God's own heart, the New Testament says, had a problem with some sin. But I want you to know he was still anointed by God. And he knew what to do when that sin was recognized. What did he do? He went to God. Ask for forgiveness. Cleanse me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and see if there be any wicked way within me. Here he's on his deathbed. And I want you to know it's sometimes this third anointing that maybe all of us need to hear today. Our Christian walk with God is a process that we grow closer to God, that we walk and we, 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 we go through and, and, and go across the, the barriers of life in victory in Jesus. But I want you to know sometimes after we've been through the battles and been through the wars, when we get a little bit older, we find that that's when we're really able to be the best kind of minister because we've been it all, been through it all, and God has seen us through, and we have felt that authorization in our life. I want you to know there's different degrees of anointing. You ever want to know what a minister is? Sometimes we say, what's a minister? A minister is the pastor that preaches. He's the evangelist. He's the teacher. That's what a minister is. But I'm here to tell you this morning that a minister is someone that touches other people's lives in the name of Jesus. You see, we've been authorized to do that. We've been given permission by all God, Almighty God himself to do that, to wherever we go. And folks, as we as a congregation pull together and we work together, it'll be us realizing that we are all ministers. It's not just the old called preacher, but it's the songsters. It's the testimonies. It's the prayers. It's the reaching out and touching other people's lives, whether it be family or whether it be friends or whether it be neighbors. You see, where the church has fallen down is we have forgotten how to invite people to church. Did you know that? We used to do that a lot. We used to go door to door. We used to go and, and tell people about, about Jesus and we wanted them to come to church. Well, that's still our call today. As anointed when we're representatives of Jesus Christ, the issues the master's call, come unto me and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I'm humble and I'm meek. What is a minister? A minister who is one who finds in himself he can do nothing. It's one who realizes he cannot serve God except by God's own grace. It's one who realizes our own strength is not sufficient for the problems and needs of people. For he is the one who relies solely on the anointing. The Holy Spirit is his wisdom, his power, his authority. A minister is a go-between, between God and man, and he lifts up others because he knows he's been chosen. Because he knows he has been given authority and responsibility over others to bring them into the presence of God. You see, it's our responsibility, folks, to bring others into the presence of God. I hope that is my attempt as we come together on Sunday mornings. I hope that you sense the presence of God here. I hope that you sense his conviction. I hope that you, you sense his encouragement and his challenge in your life. That's what we've all been called to do, is to grow together. David was given the place of importance because he was anointed. 
The body of believers are to be ministers. They're to be reconcilers. They're to be forgivers of sin. They're to be helpers, not hinderers. Sometimes we are our own worst enemies. Church, sometimes we shoot ourselves in the foot by the stupid things we do in the name of Jesus. God forgive me, I didn't mean that. But yeah, I did. Some of the things that we do, we gossip. We don't tell whole truths. Sometimes we're guilty of even lying to each other. We do things behind others' backs, and we think we've done them behind God's back, but I want you to know God sees. I said, folks, we're called to be ministers of Jesus Christ. We're anointed to be his ministers. 2 Corinthians 5.18, Now all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. I ask you today, How anointed do you feel? Do you feel weak? Is it time for another fresh anointing? Is it time for the oil and wine to be poured over you once again in your life? We've been anointed, chosen for service as David was. We've been anointed kings and princesses as David was for our power and authority over life itself. We've been anointed as ministers of reconciliation. You know, the extent of our anointing is determined by our submission to God. Submitting to him simply our life, a day at a time. In closing, I share with you personally this morning. I received my anointing when I was but a young boy trying to make sense out of life. In my teenage years, I realized that God had chosen me just as he's chosen you. I remember that call that God gave me. And I gave my life to Christ and I said, anywhere thou steps will follow. On a desert though it be, I've had gone through quite a few deserts. I received a new anointing when I was struggling in the ministry. When my self-esteem was at an all-time low, and yes, there have been times in my life I've been depressed. Some of you have been there, you understand. We don't think we have it. We don't think we have what it takes to be what God wants us to be. And we want to quit. I learned during that time that I was not a piece of junk that God had disposed of, however, and he gave me a spirit of kingship and I began to learn what it's like, what it means to be a king with, with Christ. You see, God has empowered the church to be his disciples to go into the world. He gave me that spirit of understanding kingship and royalty. A child of God. I am a child of God. An heir of my heavenly father. That's who you are as anointed people. It's been different times that the third anointing has come to me. There have been those special anointed times God moments. When you know you're where you're supposed to be because God needed you to minister in his name for him. And there's been some times I've failed in this area. And I've had to go back to him for a fresh touch. When God called Lynn and I to this church, I had to go back 
see, the last two years I've been in a desert land waiting on the Lord. At times I even lost my passion. Something happened to me when I came to Cyber Street the first time. And I got home and then said, how do you feel like preaching? I said, I have never preached better than that sermon that I preached here at Cyber Street that first time I preached. Because the anointing had come on me again. I want you to know my passion and my anointing is for each of us in this church as followers of Christ to go forth out into this world and be the people of God that he's called us to be. That's what's going to build this church. It's not going to be by some crazy entertainment. It's going to be because we, as his disciples, we go Several years ago, I had the privilege, during a time that I was bivocational pastor in Tennessee, I had the opportunity to work with NASA. And that's, uh, somebody said, you work at NASA, well, that's the most intelligent, you know, intellectual people on the face of the earth, the NASA engineers and science. Well, I'm going to tell you, I am not one of those people. <laughs> but God somehow arranged for me to get that job.
ministry may seem so small, but when we launch out and be what God calls us to be, He continues to add to it and bless it and make it bigger and bigger. And that's how this church is going to grow. It's because we're all doing our part. And we're contributing. We're, we're touching those people's lives in the name of Jesus that don't know Him. I tell you that because I look back and I say, Lord, you did anoint me. You anointed me for the ministry. You anointed me to serve. You anointed me to be your disciple. But I know different than you. He's called you to serve him. Wouldn't you serve him? I would call you to choose this day whom you will serve. God wants to use you. And whether it's a first, second, third, fourth, fifth anointing that God has you, He wants to pour His Holy Spirit upon this church. If we are willing fresh anointing, a fresh authorization, a fresh power to be your people. Lord, you, we want to be the people, as the New Testament is called, the people that turn the world upside down for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand this morning? Let's join together and lead on, O King Eternal. <laughs> 